Creek Church. How's the Creek doing this morning? Amen. I want to say good morning to Williamsburg, good morning to Somerset as well. Man, I'm so excited to be here in the house today. I just want to say this. This church is incredible. This church is incredible. Now, I know a lot of you guys sit here week in, week out, and sometimes those things can just become normal and natural to us. But let me tell you, God is doing some amazing things at the Creek Church. Can we put our hands together for that this morning? I'm telling you. And also, before we dive into the word today, I just want to say how much I appreciate your pastor, uh, Pastor Trevor and his family, his wife, Allison. Man, they are amazing people. Uh, I drove down here about a year ago just to check out what God was doing in this church. We drove about four hours just to come down to see what God's doing. And, and as soon as I met Trevor, he invited me to his house and he bought me some chicken wings. And I knew right then and there we were going to be the best of friends. And uh, he's been there for me for, through so much and just uh, helped me out in our church. And so I just want to let you guys know you have an incredible pastor. We're going to be in Mark chapter 2 today, verses uh, 13 through 17. Mark chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. If you're ready, say amen. amen. All right, we're going to jump right into it today. Mark 2, 13 through 17. It says this, Then Jesus went out to the lake shore again and taught the crowds that were coming to him. And as he walked along, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up and followed him. Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guest, along with the tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. There were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. But when the teachers of religious law, who were the Pharisees, saw him eating with the tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. I've come not to call those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Church, I want to speak to you today from the idea and the thought, as he walked along, as he walked along. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace, your mercy. God, I pray for every single person, God, today, that their hearts and minds be open and clear to receive your word, Lord God. I pray for your servant as he speaks your word. Anoint him, may speak nothing more, nothing less, only what you'd have him to speak today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, God has a pace. God has a pace. Even in creation, we can catch a glimpse of the pace of God. In six days, he created light, sky, land and sea, sun, moon, and stars, fish and birds, animals, and man. And on the seventh day, he rested. God has a pace. Amen? Amen. And like father, like son, Jesus has a pace. He was not rushed or in a hurry to do what the father had asked him to do. I want you to think about this. It is recorded that Jesus's ministry on earth lasted three years, three years. In three years, more fame surrounded him than any other person throughout time and history. Within three years, his life generated enough content for people to still be writing about his life and his ministry today. Now, here's the amazing part that I find, is that he walked. Are you with me? He walked. He did not live in a day and age where there was a phone, there was internet, no means of mass transportation. He walked along. 
And as he walked along, he was faithful and he was effective with everything that the father asked him to do. I found this this morning, that a rushed lifestyle is the enemy of an effective life. A rushed lifestyle is the enemy of an effective life. How many ever feel rushed in their life? Come on, let's just be honest. How many were rushed this morning to get to the Creek Church? Come on, let's just be honest. I got four kids, so I understand all about that. I understand about the rushed lifestyle. And sometimes in my life, I feel rushed as well. But the amazing thing about the ministry of Jesus is that he, he walked everywhere. In Mark 2, 14, it says that as he walked along, as he walked along, a rushed lifestyle is the enemy of an effective life. You know, I see Jesus having so many demands on his life. So many demands on his life. Throughout scripture, we see a lot of people saying, hey, come here, do this, run here, do that. Here's one thing I don't see. I don't see the text ever saying that Jesus ran to get where he was going. Just picture that. I'm kind of a visual person, so sometimes when I read the scripture, I begin to think, what would it be like if Jesus actually ran? Run right out of his sandals, right? Can you just imagine him running and his hair flowing in the wind and his robe just... You can just see him, right? I mean, he just has such a graceful run about him. But here's the deal. Scripture doesn't say that he ran. It says that as he walked. He, he was not in a hurry. Jesus has a pace. Now, I just wonder today, how many of us want to find the pace of Jesus? If you're a Christ follower today, I, I want to let you know that Jesus has a pace. And as a Christ follower, we want to find and we want to follow the pace of Jesus, and that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm a simple-minded man, and I love little simple handles that will help me to apply God's Word to my life. And so today, I want to look at the word PACE as an acronym. We're going to work through that acronym today together as His people. The first letter I want to look at is the letter P. And I believe when you look at the life of Jesus, when you look at what PACE represents in His life, I think it represents people. People. The life of Jesus was all about people. Amen? Amen? The life of Jesus was all about people. His ministry was all about people. He was sent for people to search for people, to save people. That's why he came for people, right? For God so loved the world. Who's in the world? People. God came for people. You know, faith is not just a personal thing. Faith is about people. I hear people all the time say, you know, faith, it's a personal thing. It's my personal decision. And we often say this, I made a personal decision to follow Jesus Christ. But how many of you know that after you make a personal decision to follow Jesus Christ, that your life of faith is about people? You can't have ministry without people. I, I don't even think you can have Christianity without people. People were the point of his ministry. Now, this is what I do understand about scripture. People brought interruptions to Jesus, Right? Do people ever interrupt you? If you look at scripture, you will find people interrupting Jesus nonstop. But Jesus, he had this thing about him that even in the midst of an interruption, what we would call an interruption, Jesus made it his ministry moment. You ever been in Walmart, like just trying to grab some milk? Y'all know what I'm saying, right? Like you just want to get in and out. I, I live in a town of 944 people, Mason, West Virginia, and I know everybody in Walmart. So every person can be a conversation. But sometimes like I just want to turn off ministry. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I just want to grab my milk, go home because my kids are crying. They want some cereal. You know what I'm saying? But, but Jesus would take those moments. He would take those times when it would seem like an interruption. and He would make it a ministry 
moment. Because by building people, he built the church. This is a fantastic facility. I love it. I've been walking around and seeing all that God has done here in this place. It's incredible. But you know that you are the church. By building people, he builds the church. Amen? By building people, he builds the church. Now, I've heard people say this. I may have said it a time or two myself. I don't like people. You ever heard that? <laughs> Depending on what day of the week it is, maybe I've said that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But you know, here's what I, I've come to understand. It takes people to live out the life of faith. It takes people. You can't do it without people. You can't just have your Jesus thing all to yourself. You can't just have your personal faith and not consider others. You can't have ministry if you don't have people. You know, this is what I find about people, especially pastoring. People have problems. People have problems. There's probably problems in this house today. Problems. But even though people have problems, people were the point of the ministry of Jesus. Sometimes we like to act like there are no problems, but that's why Jesus came. Amen. Amen. Jesus came for people. Jesus came for problems because people are the point. You know, when you live a life of faith, people must be a part of the equation. If we want to live with the pace of Jesus, people have to be a part of our lives. Amen. If we want to live with the pace of Jesus, people have to be a part of our lives. I want to move on to that second letter, letter A. And I think when looking at the life of Jesus, I think it stands for aware. It stands for aware. Jesus lived aware, didn't he? Jesus was aware of his surroundings. He saw the unseen. And even that text we read this morning I wanted to look at that because it says, as he walked along. Once again, he was not in a rush. He wasn't in a hurry to get where he was going. As he walked along, he found Levi, one of the 12 apostles. Are you with me? Amen. He was not in a rush. He was not in a hurry. He was aware of the moment. He was aware of his surroundings. You know, you notice more when you walk, don't you? Anybody still walk occasionally? Yeah. <laughs> right? I know this time of year is not great for it, but... But I still like to take a walk sometimes. And, and like I said, I live in a small town. Last census, I think there was 944 in the town. And uh, I like to just take a walk through the town. And I was born and raised in Mason, West Virginia. So I know every back road. I rode my bike on every back street, right side of the tracks, wrong side of the tracks. I know every uh, nook and cranny of that town. And, you know, sometimes still today, I'll, I'll take a walk and I'll notice stuff. I was dropped off last week down uh, at our local mechanic, and I called one of the staff members. I said, hey, can someone come pick me up? And they said, yeah, we'll be right down. Well, they know how patient I am. I just took off walking. I said, I'll meet them by halfway. I'll make it halfway through the town before they come get me anyway. So I took off walking down through the town, and it was so interesting to me that how much you notice when you walk. Like there's a car that's been sitting in someone's yard for about 58 years. Maybe that's someone here today. You, you connect with me. <laughs> And I'm like, I have not seen that car before, but you know, it's literally melting into the ground. It ain't moved. It ain't moved. And I said, I've never noticed that car. It's been sitting there the whole time. Or I walk by someone's, someone's house. I notice a tree I've never noticed before. You just notice things. You notice things when you're walking. There's something about walking. Here's the deal. Walking with the pace of Jesus helps you to see your surroundings. Walking with the pace of Jesus helps you to see your surroundings, helps you to live your life aware. 
I believe I'm talking to not just one when I say this, but some of us probably just need to slow down. We need to slow down a little bit. Begin to live a life that we're more aware of what's happening. More aware that we're on this journey with other people. You know, know, we live in a world and even in a culture that, that tries to make it all about us. All about you. What's best for you? What's best for your moment? What's best for your time? And we have to understand that Jesus did not live that kind of life. Jesus didn't live that kind of life. Jesus lived a life where he was aware of people that were around him. And he would take moments where he would slow down and notice his surroundings. I want to encourage you today to not miss, not miss all that God wants you to do and all who God wants you to help because you're living a rush lifestyle. Now, I get it. There's things to do. There's tasks to complete. I'm the same. I have things to do in my life. But in the midst of my life, in the midst of of running to and fro, may we open our eyes. May we open our hearts and say, God, are there some people around me that are in need of you? Are there people around me that need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ? As I look at that word pace, I I get to see and I, I think about Jesus being calm. When I think of pace, I think of Jesus being calm. Now, I'm just going to tell you right now that this is probably the most difficult for me to speak on because I'm not really that calm. (laughs) I'm not really that calm internally, and I'm not really that calm in my everyday life. And so this is really a challenge for me. But when I look at Jesus, I see that he was just calm. You ever notice that about him? Like there could be all kind of craziness going on around him. And Jesus was absolutely calm, and he owned the moment. You know, we live in a culture that's driven by crazy. Amen? Amen. We just do. We live in a culture that's driven by crazy uh, drama and intensity. It's often the norm. But let's not forget this. Chaos often surrounded the life and ministry of Jesus as well. Chaos surrounded the life and the ministry of Jesus. And this is what I find about him is that Jesus didn't allow his pace to be affected by the chaos. Amen? Jesus did not allow the chaos to affect him. He continued to be calm in the midst of situations. And I was teaching our church last week about in Mark 2 where the roof was literally lifted off a place where he was because there was no room. I'm just going to let you know, if the roof starts coming off right now, I'm a little bit distracted. (laughs) I'm probably not going to make a ministry moment out of that. I'm probably going to shoot Austin some eyes and be like, dude, what's up? Right? Because that's an interruption for us. But Jesus, in that moment, the roof is being lifted off and he just kind of looks at the men and he looks at the man being lowered and he makes a ministry moment out of it. He doesn't get out of sorts. He he doesn't go crazy. He's calm in the midst of chaos. You know, you can either affect your surroundings or your surroundings will affect you. Amen? Amen? You can either affect your surroundings or your surroundings will affect you. Now, I'm going to stand up here and tell you that oftentimes in my life, my surroundings have overwhelmed me. The situations in my life, I focus more upon them than the God who's able to calm every situation and every storm in my life. But I also want to encourage you today, let you know that in the midst of some of the most crazy times in your life, you can experience a God of peace. You can experience a God who is calm in the midst of your storm. So I wonder today, how will you respond? 
How will you respond in the midst of life's crazy situations? How will you respond in the midst of the storm? Because being a Christian does not always exempt you from chaos. Amen? Being a Christian does not always mean that everything's going to work out. Actually, I find that quite the opposite sometimes. I find that the opposite is that oftentimes as, as believers, we are put in situations where it tests our faith. It challenges us in the midst of a storm. We can't always be in control of our, our circumstances. We just can't. But we can control our response. And I think this is common confusion for Christians. Is that they think if, well, I'm a Christian, God will work it all out. I'm not very old, but I'm old enough to know that sometimes God will allow you to walk through something. To teach you something. And to show you that, listen, I'm with you every step of the way. I didn't say that I was going to pull you out of every hard place, but I did promise you I'd never leave you and I'll never forsake you. It doesn't matter where you are, where you're going. I am with you. And so maybe today someone's praying, God, get me out of this circumstance. And he just might. But can I also tell you that maybe you're praying that today and God's saying, listen, I'm with you in the midst of this circumstance. Let me teach you. Let me show you. Let me lead you. Let me guide you and direct you in your life. It'll strengthen your faith. You know, he's always with us. Always with us. And sometimes I think there's situations we go through in life where he's just trying to teach us how to respond. How to respond. You can't control circumstances, but you can control how you will respond. You know, when I think about that word pace, I think about that letter E. I think about the word effective. Effective. Jesus was effective, amen? The greatest understatement of all preaching history. <laughs> Jesus was effective. Jesus was effective in the midst of every situation of life. You know, in a world where efficiency is praised, effectiveness is needed. I want you to hear that. In a world where efficiency is praised, effectiveness is needed. We love efficiency, don't we? Don't we? We love efficiency. I mean, we live in a world of it, right? We, we want the most efficient things. Efficiency, right? We want efficiency in life. But we don't just need a life of efficiency. We need a life of effectiveness. You know, this world, it has a task-driven pace, doesn't it? Doesn't it? This world has a task-driven pace. And probably you wake up in the morning and you have tasks to complete when you go to your job. And you should complete tasks at your job. You should be efficient in that, but don't forget to be effective in everyday moments of life. But let me tell you what can happen. We can be so consumed with the task that we forget about people. We can be so consumed with just doing what we're supposed to do that we forget that there, there might be a ministry moment around us. So consumed with efficiency that we forget to be effective. You know, the pace of Jesus it was driven by his love for people. Now I get that. That's difficult sometimes because how many know that, that so often people will stop us from reaching people? Amen? People will stop us from reaching people. Sometimes it's people who cause us to pull away from ministry. Sometimes it's people who cause us to pull away from church. Sometimes it's people who cause us irritation and we're like, I'm not going to go back anymore because I was wronged by a person. But don't miss people because people have messed it up for you. Know that that's also why you're here. 
as a believer. You're here to worship God, to give him honor, to give him praise, to give him glory. But you're also to reach people. Jesus, he put people over task. You know that? You know, when you live a a life where task is above people, you'll be efficient. I want you to think of that. I'm visual, so I'm seeing it. I hope you're seeing it with me. When, When you put task above people, you might live efficient. You might get things done. You might check stuff off your list. But you might not be so effective. But when you live a life where you put people over your task, you'll be effective. Get the task done. Do what you're supposed to do. But don't miss the ministry moments that God has for you every single day of your life. Why would Jesus waste his time, they said in that scripture? He said, why would would Jesus waste his time with, with scum like that? Because let me tell you something. Effectiveness does not always look like efficiency. By all standards, by all measures, looking at the ministry and the life of Jesus, all the religious were looking at him and they were saying, his life is not effective. Why is he eating with such scum like that? Why is he eating with tax collectors and sinners? Why is he at their table? And the religious were mad. They were irritated. They were frustrated because they're like, listen, we're the elite. Jesus, you need to make the most of your time and spend it with us. Why would you waste your time with people like that? Jesus, listen, it's not. It's not the ones who got it all together that I came for. It's the one who knows they're lost. Amen? Because effectiveness doesn't always look like efficiency. Church, the pace of Jesus wasn't always efficient, but it was always effective. The pace of Jesus was not always efficient, but it was always effective. I wanna encourage you today to walk with the pace of Jesus. Live for people. Live for people. Walk aware. Be calm in the chaos and be effective with every single moment that you've been given. And I want to close with this thought. There is a progression. There's a progression to the pace of Jesus. You can see it in this scripture. It says that as he walked along, he saw Levi. As he walked, he saw Levi. And then what did he do? He spoke to Levi. I think we're slowly becoming a culture and a world that we don't even hardly look around to see who might be standing next to us. And I just really want to challenge us today, challenge myself to walk slowly, to, to walk aware, to see the people, to see the things, to see the situations that God might be tapping me on the shoulder and say, hey, would you be involved in the midst of that? You see, he, he walked He saw, then he spoke to Levi. And then guess what happened? He was invited to Levi's table. When's the last time you got invited to someone's house you didn't know? When's the last time you had a conversation with someone that maybe it was gonna be something great? Maybe you were nervous about it. Maybe you thought too much about it. Maybe you were overwhelmed. Maybe you had to pick up some milk. (laughs) When's the last time you just started your day and you said, Lord, Use me today. I know I gotta get ready and I know I gotta go to work. I know I'm gonna spend eight to 10 to 12 hours there and be on my way home. But God, in the midst of this day, this normal day, can you use me? 
to speak to maybe those who are around me. Can you use me, God, today to be aware of the people that I'm surrounded with? Can you use me today, God, if there's chaos? Can, can I just be that calming person there that will share the love of Christ with others? And may I be effective. Levi's life was forever changed because he walked with the pace of Jesus. Levi's life was forever changed because Jesus had pace. Jesus walked with pace. You know, we never know who and what we will affect when we walk with the pace of Jesus. If you would, would you stand your feet with me this morning, church? God's good, amen? I want to pray for you today. I want to encourage you today. I hope this message has, has stirred you and, and challenged you and encouraged you. I just think that we need to live lives that look like Jesus. If we're Christians, Christ followers, right? Our life should be a representation of Christ. And so today, my prayer for the Creek Church is that we would live aware we would be aware of the people and the moments around us that God might want to use us to affect. I also want to pray today if there be anybody here that you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Maybe you've never come to know him. There's a moment right now that you can make the most of. Maybe you just came in for whatever reason. You're just checking it out today. Or maybe you've been coming for some time and you just never really decided to follow him. Man, he loves you so much. He loves you so much. When you look at a cross, you gotta remember that he, he died on that cross for you. And he rose again on the third day, indicating that he conquered death, hell, and the grave. And that by trusting in him, we can receive all of his goodness that he has for us. So if you're here today, you don't know Christ, I encourage you, just invite him into your heart and your life. Maybe just pray a simple prayer as we worship in a few moments. Lord Jesus, come and take all of me. All that I am, I give my heart, I give my all to you. But right now, I want to pray for the church. I want to pray that the Holy Spirit of God would just move greatly and mightily in and through your life. I'm believing that great things are ahead for the Creek Church. I, I'm overwhelmed by God's goodness as I'm standing here today, as I'm seeing what God has done right here in the heart of Kentucky, man. God is moving in a great and awesome way. And guess what? He ain't done yet. Amen. God, God is not done yet. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you so much for your grace. Lord God, today I pray that you would move greatly and mightily in this house, Lord God. God, I pray that you would use each and every person that's here, Lord God, to share and to show the love of Jesus Christ in their community, God, in their homes, in their lives. God, I pray that they would be aware, aware of who you are, aware of what you're doing around them, Lord God. Give them strength to follow you in all seasons. In all situations of life, we give you all praise, we give you all honor, we give you all glory. In Jesus' name, amen.